0: What's up, everybody? It's Athea Sam here. Welcome to Unleash The Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. Today on the podcast, we have Ray De La Nuez, and he is a, uh, a friend of mine. I've known him for a while. I got a chance to interview on his podcast, and he has actually set me up with some incredible opportunities. I, I mean, he's just been a very generous guy, big believer in what we're doing here with Unleash The Man Within and what I'm doing uh, with Deep Clean, helping guys get free of porn. I had him on today because he is really passionate about men's health, men's well being from a biblical perspective. This guy is a military officer, he's been in the military for 11 years. He has been free of porn for 10 of those. He's been married for nine years. And he just has a really cool story of kind of going uh, through one thing after another. So we talk about all kinds of stuff. I mean, we talk about self-control and discipline. We talk about journaling. We talk about um, what it's like to be in the military and to somehow kind of hold your ground, what it looks like to stand up for what you believe in when the people around you don't believe in it. Uh, We talk about just practical ways to, um, to just be a healthy man in today's day and age when you know healthy manhood is being questioned or redefined, however you wanna frame it. Um, this was a really well-rounded conversation. Ray's very articulate, high-energy guy. He's, um, he's just the kind of person I love to be around. I really feed off people like him, and I hope that you do as well. So uh, without further ado, this is my interview with Ray Delanuez. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives, and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Good. Well, I'm here with Ray Nuez. And uh, you and I have been friends for a while, man. I got to interview on your podcast and now I get to have you wow. on mine. So welcome to the show, bro.
1: Dude, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Um, so I mean you and I have a very common interest, which is helping guys improve their overall quality of life, whether it's spiritually, mentally, physically, uh, or sexually. And uh, you know, I'm helping guys get free of porn. That's kind of where I focus. I've been clean six and a half years. I feel pretty proud of that, but dude. Next week, uh, as we're recording this, you're going to cross the 10 year mark, which is a big flipping deal. So, congrats on that! Um, Can you tell us a little bit of your story, just in that area and kind of your journey to freedom?
1: Absolutely. Uh, So, I actually am now about to cross this point where I will have not watched porn longer than what I than I actually watched porn. Does that make sense? So, I watched porn for just under a decade, and so now crossing that decade of not watching it um, definitely is a huge win for for me and i was you know raised in a very sexual environment um i say that just because i was sexually aware and engaged you know by age six seven years old i knew way too much and i think Hmm. enough people uh you know maybe had that same experience where where you're playing house and playing house totally means something different for you know depending where you're from yeah and so by the time in i was introduced to uh porn uh you know and like legitimately watching it consistently by age 11, 12, I was, you know, unknowingly hooked. Right. And that that's everybody. You don't ever step into a bedroom, you know, pull down your pants and turn on the screen and think I'm going to get hooked. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. you just think you're just doing this natural thing. But before you know it, you keep coming back, you keep coming back and you don't actually know why. Well, there's a reason why. So me not being able to, have the language or the people around me to identify what those reasons are. I just continue to repeat those patterns for the next six, seven, eight years of my life. I then joined the military and, uh, I'll just tell you right now, man, uh, it doesn't get any better, right? Like yeah. it, it's not like go- going away from home and having these crazy adventures makes you want to masturbate less and watch porn less. Like, no, it's just more of a reason to find, uh, you know, Reasons for porn, right? Either just because you need more validation, or you know, because and you're just surrounded by so many people who and this is just so open, and uh, you're literally in a male-dominated environment where I'm not saying the most healthy people run to the military and say, you know, yeah, I'm gonna change the world. So being able to be in the military for a little while and just kind of getting haven't really get worse to one day like waking up to this reality that like actually, you no, know, like the Lord has something better for my life, and I kid you not. And this is something that I tell the guys that I coach all the time. Like it is possible to never desire porn again uh, because one day, and I I'd say, I'd say it's like the snap of a finger. Like God actually snapped his finger in my life. Like yeah. it just left. Wow. And you're like, well, no, there must've been something, right? Like there must've been some sort of one, two, three steps that you did, maybe like a 90 day program that did it. It's like, well, let me tell you, there was a process, but it's not what you think right? Mm. It wasn't like, let me read this book and let me uh, make sure that I do X, Y, and Z and I'll finally get better. Like, no, there's actually just a tried and true way of mentorship, of coaching, of getting under men who have gone before you, who can show you the road and uh, you can actually change. Uh, And that's what happened, man. Like God came in and initially did that work in my life, but then surrounded me with men who were able to sustain that in my life. And so, You know, it went from me watching porn every day, whenever I wanted to, to like, I now am just completely removed from it. Don't desire it. I meet this wonderful woman. And then you think, obviously, like all that stuff goes away. Spoiler alert. (laughs) It does not. Uh, All of those memories and those habits that you built, you know, for the last 10 years of your life they still linger and you still have to deal with them a certain way. Um, yeah. So how do you do that? And that's maybe we'll get into that here um, in the episode, man. That's a little bit more of my story is the aftermath, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, so you were relieved of that, right? Like that left your life. But what was the result of that as you are now trying to foster a relationship with a, with a woman and have children? What does that look like?
0: That's so good, man. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, we need to hear more stories of that. You know, I think of, of, of really being, um, suddenly delivered if I can put it that way or kind of the miraculous, I guess I'm just curious, did you have a conviction leading up to that? Like, was this something you were praying for or did you kind of just wake up one day and, and things had shifted almost without you even realizing it?
1: It's one. you know, I'm going to be completely transparent. Um, one day I went to, I went to home group, um, for a small little church in Southern California that I was attending. And somebody just made a passing comment, uh, about porn, like not being something that like we should be watching or that God, like, um, you know, that is, it's a sin. And that was like my first awareness of it. Right. So I was, (laughs) I was watching porn while still going to church. And I thought I'd never really like Put these two things together and and made a decision whether that was okay or not. It was just my life, right? Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. until somebody woke me up to that and showed me like, oh, hold on, this actually is not pleasing to the Lord. And I had to then dive in and figure out, okay, well, why not? It's like, oh, well, actually, it's like right there in the scripture. Um. And so from that awareness, man, it came from the that awareness and awakening came the grace
0: hmm, okay. and the power. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So then. I think this is a really important thing because people are going to hear your, that story and, and salivate being like, oh, man, I hope I wake up one day and it's gone, too. But like you said, the real <laughs> work begins afterwards. Um, so yeah. you you mentioned a couple things, but I guess I'm just curious, like, what was what were your next steps after it's like, OK, I don't have this desire anymore, but you clearly had the wherewithal to know, like, I still need some help. I need some help along the way. I need to continue to mature. Uh, what What were some of the next things that you did?
1: You know what? I'm going I'm a back up. I'm going to answer that question, but I want to back up a step just to describe the state that I was in after uh, being revealed this uh, the sin that was in my life and wanting to walk away from it and what was left over, right? Okay. So, being in a state of awareness, knowing that you no longer want to do this thing and you want to do right. So I'm talking to like 99 of your listeners, right? Like I know that there's this thing in my life. It's obviously affecting me in a negative way. I want to walk away from it. Boom, you found some freedom, maybe it's for a week, maybe it 's for a month, whatever wherever you're at in your trajectory. in that freedom, there's going to be a temptation. there's going to be a thought, there's going to be a memory, something that you've seen, somebody something that you watched, someone that you slept with that you actually just passed by right like these are all part of my story, and so i I remember being on my you know <laughs> being with my wife on our first night being married and I'm trying to enjoy sex with this beautiful woman that I just took as my bride. But what's coming into my mind are all of the images that I didn't want there. And I'll tell you right now, like, guys, if I told you stop thinking about a pink elephant right now, you who are listening, stop it. Do not think about a pink elephant because it's not what you want to do. The pink elephant is not what you want to think about. (laughs) All I did is just make you aware of the pink elephant that's in your mind. Uh, And that's how I was navigating life. I kept telling myself, don't think about this. Don't think about that. I don't want this in my mind. No, i trying to run away from this stuff. So I legit thrusted myself into a state of anxiety. And I would say depression. Uh, and this is coming from, like, a successful, meritoriously promoted corporal sergeant of Marines who's, like, leading Marines into, co- into a combat zone, right? Like, on the outside, I have to have it all together. But on the inside, like, I can't go to Walmart because everybody I see has, like, double Ds, right? <laughs> like, it's just t- totally made up, right? Like, I'm, like, yeah. actually anxiously making up that everybody around me, all the women around me are just women that I don't want to see. So I put horse blinders on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So leaving a young man in that state uh, and having him figure out life is probably the worst thing that you can do. And it's actually what the church does all all over the world. It's like, hey, let me expose your sin. Let me show you the things that you should not be doing, but then I'm not going to give you the discipleship or the mentorship that you need. To be mm-hmm. able to actually bring you to where it is that we want you, right? Like carrying your cross and bearing it on you, right? Like that's not a just, it's not just you going to try it and doing your best, right? That's, that yeah. actually takes something. Um, and having men to show up on your, in your corner and show you how to carry your cross, to show you how to actually build and develop self-discipline, that's a totally different thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you have any follow-on questions to that, but then I want to get to the question that you had asked.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, that's super helpful. Um, Yeah. Let's, let's just go into it, man. So what, what were some of those practical steps of starting to mature Mm -hmm. and steward this breakthrough that God gave you?
1: Yeah. Uh, Super not sexy, meaning like it was super simple, right? Like it wasn't like any, any, nothing complex. I uh, found myself after man, three months, four months of being married. My wife, who I just moved from across the country into a small one bedroom apartment in Southern California. And I'm like totally diving into my work. I'm just like, Hey, come with me completely removed from your support systems. Let's figure life out. Uh, Mm -hmm. By the way, I have like all these pornographic images in my mind. Don't worry about that. Uh, (laughs) And for, you know, like just forget about that. Um, I found myself sobbing <laughs> crying at the beach um at like 11 o'clock at night in my marine corps issued sleeping bag because my wife left me she's like dude i i, I actually can't deal with this um mm-hmm. there was some other things that were going on as well and so i'm like what am i su- you know what am i supposed to do um and i actually stumbled upon a website or this, this man said like, Hey, I'm coaching, you know, young Christian men, you know, and de- helping them with the stuff junk that you don't, you know, that you can't talk about in church, right. Or that people don't talk about in church. So I was bold enough to give this guy a call and he was gracious enough to pick up the phone. Uh, he picked up the phone and man, from that moment on me and Andy is his real name. We started a relationship that literally changed the course of my life. And the course of my children's life and the course of my children's children's life, because what he did for me, man, was to be able to position me in a place where I needed to be right and help me walk on this path that would change me as a man. And then, like I said, my children and my children's children.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So what about Andy or the relationship was so impactful for you?
1: Yeah. Uh, so we immediately started like one-on-one coaching. Uh, and I was like, hey, whatever you want, whatever you need from me, like I'm here. Right. And we've, we can all listener right now. Like you probably can relate to this. Like you've been to a point where you feel like you're at the end of yourself and you'll try anything. And when yeah. you lose your wife after just 120 days of being married, like that's a pretty good depiction of like the bottom, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. That is failure if you, have, uh, yet seen, if you haven't yet seen it. And so um, I'm sitting there and I'm just showing up, I'm engaging, and he's asking me to do these weird things, like being honest with myself, being introspective, <laughs> like bringing him these things that I normally would not talk about and like actually dissecting them. And man, little by little, week after week, I started to see the gold in all of this. Hmm. And, and if I can put words to it, guys, it would be this. Sometimes you're so close to the label that you can't read it, right? Sometimes you're inside of the jar, that situation, that thing that's engulfing you, and you don't know like the content of it. And it takes somebody with a removed perspective to look at it and be like, oh, bro, that jar that you're in, that actually says right here has arsenic. You might want to crawl out of there. Right. And it's like that external perspective of somebody who's able to, a lot of times more wiser does not have to mean uh, that they are older by any means, but they're just, they're more wise. They know a little bit more than you do in an area. And they're able to say, Hey, this is what I've seen. This is what has worked and what hasn't worked. And man, like, you know, the saying goes like two heads are better than one. Uh, And that, that was really uh, the foundation of change for me. It was showing up week after week with honesty Right. with like telling him all of my failures and also having somebody there with me to celebrate my successes and just working through the hard stuff, man. I remember one of our assignments and like people are going to probably think like, how does this even relate? One of my assignments was to write a letter to my dad. And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm like, OK, sure, Andy, like I'll, I'll do this thing because I respect you. And obviously, you know, the work that we've been doing together has been working. Uh, So I'm sitting there journaling uh, because that's one of the things that he gave me to do to start a journal and uh, I'm sitting there journaling and writing. And before you know it, like I'm angry writing, (laughs) right? Like dear dad went to like, I feel this and I feel that now I'm like crying and writing. And so now these pages are wet. I'm like sitting here going and what I thought was just going to be like a little paragraph that I was going to have to be forced to write turned out to like a three page letter that I wrote to my dad. The significance of that is because, man, if I just turned around and looked a little bit, you know, I had a different perspective on my life. I had a father who had 11 children with six different women. Those are just the one that we know about that he impregnated, right? And that was celebrated. And so I grew up celebrating that I needed to sleep with a lot of women. And it was a bonus if you did did it with more than one woman in one day, right? And that type of sexualization, that type of... um modeling is really what thrusted me into the decay that I found myself in, in my early twenties. So being able to write this to him, right. And then all of the, all of the other hurts, right. The fatherlessness that came from there, I had nobody to navigate to help me navigate life uh, when I needed it most really revealed some of the aches and the hurts that was driving me to porn in the first place. That was That was keeping me locked on to these um, ideas and sexual thoughts, and pictures, and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, wow, okay, amazing. Um, love that you have a mentor who uh, is a proponent of journaling as well, because I am a huge fan, big part of what we yeah. do here. Um, so I guess, okay, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of my own story a little bit as I hear you talk, because uh, I grew up high-achieving, and um, I was just naturally gifted academically, and it was, it was the best thing and the worst thing that happened to me. I think the reason it was the yeah. worst thing is because I was able to do everything on my own and get all the validation in the world. Um, mm. I didn't need tutoring. I didn't need help from my peers. I had it all within me. And that kind of okay. mindset transferred to a lot of other areas of my life. And I I would say probably took me the last five years. I, I ran into some tough times too when my wife and I got engaged. That made me realize, okay, Cynthia, you, you can not do this all on, all on your own and you actually do need mentors. You need mentors in your yeah. finances and your business and your spiritual life and your marriage and everything else. And I've, I've really been taking that seriously. But I guess I'm wondering if you can talk to the person who maybe maybe isn't at that point. You know, they, maybe they haven't had the breaking point. You know, they haven't had something dramatic, and they're trying to understand why there would be value for a mentor. Um, uh, let's just say maybe the time that it takes to have a mentor, let alone the pain of somebody telling you to do stuff that's probably going to be uncomfortable that you're not going to want to do, and then possibly money as well that you're shelling out to to get time with somebody. Um, what, what, why is that valuable? And, and should somebody just wait until they hit rock bottom before they start doing that? Or, or should they be b- more proactive?
1: Mm. Man, to, to your last question, should we wait to hit rock bottom or be proactive? Okay. Should the military wait until we are, you know, being shot at and fired to take action or to gear ourselves up, to put a Kevlar and a flak on, should we wait until we actually see enemy artillery incoming before (laughs) we posture ourselves for war right if i put it in that way you do not need to have (laughs) any awareness of you know military to know like the answer is absolutely no a resounding no um and it's the same thing here man like what kind of life do you want to lead 10 years from now if it's like if it if you want to lead the same life as the people before you, and, and maybe sometimes it, it was successful, maybe it wasn't. For most of us, it wasn't, right? So the people before you, maybe they weren't modeling the best things, right? If you just want to repeat the same mistakes uh, of some of your role models that you either you know, picked or were given to you, um, then sure, do nothing, right? Like totally just let life happen to you. I'll give you this, this picture real quick. You'll never see a cow take off on a full sprint. Does not happen. Cows don't sprint. (laughs) What they do is they actually wander from one patch of grass to the other, and they just go from one place to the other, filling their bellies. So if you want to just wander through life, filling your belly with the next next patch of grass that just tastes good or feel good, absolutely do nothing. Remain where you're at. But... (laughs) considering that i'm speaking to men who desire to have more for themselves and for their families in the future if you're not married or if you don't have a family right for your your family in the future the legacy that you want to leave considering that i'm talking to men who desire to do more be more right and this is just from from man what i do right becoming men like i hear so many men talk about who they want to become so if you're a man who can look at yourself in the mirror right now and wish that you can become fill in the blank then there is something that you have to do you do have mm-hmm. to take a step forward in a different direction cuz like insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result that is yeah. <laughs> that is insanity right so if you don't want to be insane right in your own sanity get out of sanity <laughs> get out of your own sanity right get out of your this per, this direction that you're in and like dude shoot a different asthma Right, pull out that compass and say, okay, where where is it that I want to end up and start marching in that direction? Um, you know, one of my taglines, man, continue to march. I feel like so many men just need to hear, like, dude, keep pressing forward. It's like, but this, this right here is just like, oh, it's kind of hard. Like, getting started is just like so difficult. It might cost me a little bit. It's like, I don't really have the money. It's like, bro, get up and continue to march. First of all, if you just didn't buy Starbucks, four times this month that in itself might pay for something that you know would actually pay dividends you know three or four times x uh in your future just because of the development and the growth that you're going to get uh and man you know if I can just put scripture to something that you had said um something that you had asked i would point to uh jeremiah 616 where it says um this is what the lord says um stand at the crossroads and look this is a prophet uh, jeremiah talking um, Hearing the words of the Lord, and he's saying, This is what God is saying to the people of Israel. And in this situation, guys, like you are the audience, right? This, he's talking to you. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. There's there's four things in there. And if I could cover it real quickly, I'll I'll, I'll just say yeah, that. Yeah, go for it, man. Stand at the crossroads, right? you are going to reach a crossroad. You are going to get to a point where you need to decide one or zero, one or zero. It's binary, man. Either you're going to do it or you're not. (laughs) Which Mm. one are you going to choose? Right? So Mm. stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths. That's so significant for me because I feel like we are so engulfed in today, right? Like all of the advances of today that we completely forgot that like Thousands of years of civilization has occurred before us. And maybe there's some success in that that might not look like success according to our metrics because it moves at the pace of the flip flop rather than the pace of like the iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. Like the pace of the soul rather than the pace of the internet. Um, and so just looking at the fact that there is an ancient path, there is an ancient way of men who have done what you want to do, but better less just because they didn't have the distractions that you have. Right. Um, and then it says, ask where the good way is. There is a good way, but it's going to take you like legitimately asking, putting yourself in that vulnerable situation where you need to say, I don't know, can someone help me? And then it continues, man. And then it says, walk in it right? Ask where the good way is and then walk in it. You actually have to march in that direction. And finally, that promise says, and you will find rest for your souls. And there's not one person listening that would not want to identify with that right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dang. That's good. That's really good. Um, I love that you used that, that military analogy earlier because I think, um, I mean, granted anybody who serves in the military deserves all the props in the world. It's such a noble service. And, um, and dude, I do want to thank you for all that you've done, man. It's a, it's a big deal. It's 10 years. You said, right? 10 years you've been in the military. Yeah,
1: No, 11 years, 11 years this month. Yeah. It's been a 11. pleasure, man.
0: Dude. Amazing, man. Yeah. Amazing. Um, we've had some clients come through our program that are in the military and I know in this particular area of pornography and healthy sexuality, and, and maybe I would even say healthy masculinity, um, the military has been a difficult environment. Uh, you know, we've heard some pretty, I don't know, pretty scary stories even of just like, you know, the bathrooms have lotion and wipes. And it's just kind of understood that, yeah, when you go to the bathroom, you know, it's a guy, it's all guys, you know, this is what we do, whatever, yeah. whatever. So it sounds to me like, I guess I'm just doing some quick math. You know, you join the military pretty shortly after that is when you get free of porn. How did you endure a, a more, I don't, maybe your environment was actually better. I don't know. I've kind of made an assumption here, but what was it like being in the military while you're maturing and walking in more freedom from pornography and, and I guess just all all of this, I'm just curious how that played into it. Did it help? Did it hurt? What was it like?
1: Yeah. Good question. Good question. Um, You know, you can never test the strength of somebody's conviction unless you put them against opposition, Mm. right? You can't call yourself strong unless you have something to measure it by. And that's why guys like the gym. And it's really easy because it's just plates, right? I, I can test my strength based on the amounts of plates that I can put onto a machine. Yeah. If I were to say no to porn and then thrust myself into a monastery and, and just shut myself in there for like the next five years, like it might, I, again, I don't know too much about it, right? About monks, right? Anything like that, right? But I would say that is much easier than the person who is surrounded day after day after day with everything of the world and um, everything that the world has to offer and everything that comes with young men joining the military from every single walk of life. Okay, Mm. So I would say it helped because I legitimately had to decide what I stood for. I heard this quote. I was driving in uh, Southern California one day and I remember uh, it was Pastor Greg Laurie, man. He was on the radio, and I heard him say, uh, "You either stand for something, or you fall for anything."
0: Hmm.
1: And I don't know who who originally, you know, we could attribute that quote to, but man, that powerful message: you either stand for something, or you fall for anything. That has been one of my life's ma- like mantras, because. Hmm. I know that in every single area of my life, I either choose what it is that I'm going to abide by, what it is that I'm going to choose, what it is that I'm going to stand for, or whatever else is easy, comfortable, uh, whatever else is just there will be my default choice. Hmm. Right, so I hmm. being in the military, it, w- it was very difficult. By the way, exactly what you're describing, man, it is. It is very difficult. Here, I'll I'll give you this. Um, there's a going away, and anytime anybody go, goes out gets out of the military, there's we usually do a going away. We give them a present, um, and we go to different places. I've known of going aways that happen at strip clubs. The thing about going aways is that everybody goes to it to honor that person. So I'm like, I'm subjected to going to a strip club just because somebody else is going away. And that's what everybody else is doing. Right. Wow. Um, now that wasn't the situation that happened with me. It was uh Hooters. Hey, we're going to do a going away for uh, this corporal. Uh, we're going to do it at Hooters. And I'm just like, um, staff sergeant, right. Somebody who's higher ranking than me. Uh, I am not going to go. He's like, why not? Uh, I don't, I don't go to Hooters. It's just not like a place that I go to. Right. Like, Hey guys, if, If you can do it, that's totally fine. Where I was in life at that point, I could not, I could not surround myself with in a place where like legitimately it is based off of women flashing their breasts at you. Like that is, that is what the entire, yeah. And good wings. Okay. Got it. Like the wings are secondary. Um, so they're like, well, why not? And so I was getting berated and I was getting like looked down upon and judged because I did not want to go to Hooters, right? <laughs> or, you know, every Friday night, every Saturday night, all of the boys, like we're all going to the strip club. Like, where was I? Like, I was not, <laughs> I was in my room. Right. Uh-huh. And so it quickly, I felt like I started to become an outcast because the prevailing narrative was, oh, ooh, rock, gung ho. Like you're a Marine. Like you got to do like all this stuff. Like let's go get drunk let's go to the strip club. Let's, you know, go here, let's go there. Let's go clubbing. Like, that's just not what I was into. And I was choosing what it was that I was going to stand for rather than falling to the next plan. The next thing that was going to show up at my front door and be like, Hey, want to come with us? Um, so yeah, man, to to answer your question, I feel like it made my resolve that much stronger, putting myself to the test. So, uh, just continually. Right. And you know, if I could just kind of cap off, um, These these last comments, I would say, the military is a very unique place, where you take, think about it. We have fifty states plus all of our territories, and all of these people controlling the military. That means that all of these different perspectives, morals, values, and beliefs they come into one place, into one melting pot, and that those guys are the ones that you're going to surround yourself with. If you think that there's not some like messed up stuff that comes from different corners of the United States. Like <laughs> you are sadly mistaken. <laughs> yeah. So you're like right away introduced to some stuff that is like, man, I like Lord have mercy. <laughs>
0: like yeah.
1: that, that is wild. Um, But you know what? I have to choose who it is that I'm going to be. I have to choose what it is that I'm going to do. Um, And man, just stick into that conviction.
0: Yeah. That's so good. So I guess I- I'm, I'm realizing that I think in my own life, I'm, I'm confronted with this regularly because talking about pornography mm. is, it can be controversial, you know, depending on where you talk about it and everybody has different opinions yeah. about what to believe. And it um, it can be tough. It can be tough to kind of get that criticism, whether it's direct, you know, somebody saying like, Ray, why aren't you going to the strip club? Or you can just tell people are pulling themselves away or they're oh, not really engaging you the same way, right? So um, what are some of like the internal things that you had to go through? Is that where you're pulling out your journal? Um, is that where you're turning to God and you're praying? Like, I guess I'm just wondering practically, um, aside from the conditions that allowed there, that forced you to strengthen your resolve, is there anything you're doing to strengthen yourself and, and to just, I guess, you know, really stay anchored and grounded on a practical level?
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. I I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about one just cause it's super practical. Um, I, I don't know where, you know, how it relates, but hopefully it's, it's meant for one of you guys listening. Um, here's an example, and this is again why my time with Andy um, was so pivotal. And this was like years, right? Like I told, I only talked about him for a little bit, but like we did this for years,
0: okay.
1: um, to the point where like his wife became my wife's mentor. Then like we were doing like couples mentoring, like and counseling, like so. It just like man, it just it's how life is supposed to happen. You're not meant mm-hmm. supposed meant to do life in like a vacuum by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember one of the times, man. Uh, Andy was. Just told me, hey, in this situation, uh, I was telling him about me battling like with me believing that I'm okay or me believing that I like I'm a good man, right? Because like no good man, no good Christian who does not want to watch porn would have all of these crazy thoughts about people around them, right? Sexualizing the women around them. Mind you, like this is what I did. Uh, this is what my uncles did. This is how I grew up. Like, you cat called a woman. Right? And like women like got value from being catcalled. Like if you if a woman walked past you and you didn't catcall them in my country, like they some of them might be offended. Like, man, he didn't catcall me. Like, what, what's wrong with me? Right. Yeah. Um, I remember him just telling me, like, hey, I just want you in those times when these thoughts are kind of just going and all that stuff, all this crazy stuff going on in your head. Right. I say crazy, it's not crazy, guys. Um, it's just me using uh words a little flippantly right now.
0: that's um, yeah, all right.
1: When when that's, when that's happening, I just want you to say, like, ask God what he thinks about you in that moment. So I just remember being like, like walking down, you know, one of the aisles at Walmart and, oh, it was like the women's aisle and the women's aisle has like, you know, underwear and bras. And like, I accidentally, you know, I'm just walking, doing life and I see it. That reminds me of something that triggers something else. And like, before you know it, like I'm going, I'm like putting myself in a loop and I just stop and I'm like, Lord, like, what do you think about me? And man, I, I heard something and I'm not saying I heard like the audible voice of God opening up right there in Amazon. I mean, in, uh, in Walmart, right? Like yeah. I look, just heard this still small voice right inside in, in my heart, in my soul, whatever it is that you, however it is that you want to describe it, like that said, you're a good man. You're a good man. And I'm like, wow, wow. That that just happened. And so I repeated that and I repeated that, right? Like, and that little small tool, man, that right there changed so much because I started to change something about myself. It was identity, right? I started to change mm-hmm. my identity around these situations where I was believing I was just a sinful person who was trying to do good. I started to actually internalize and believe like you're a good man, Um Man, so, so I guess with that, if I could just put a, a couple more words to it, like self-talk became a very important thing in my life. That's so Right? Good. I no longer, I no longer like, you know, started to associate myself with like, hey, my name is Ray, and I'm trying to get over um, all of this, you know, junk from the past. Like, I became like, hey, my name is Ray, and I am um, thriving in life. Right? And mm-hmm. like that small difference, man, that little small change of words does so much to a person because you start to embody identity and the em- identity that you are giving and attributing to yourself is exactly what you're going to see and what you're going to live out.
0: Yeah, that's um, so
1: true. And you know, like you said, though, uh, I was journaling um, and I could actually, for the guys not on video, you're missing that. I'm holding up three journals right now. These are, these are my journals, dude, could, on, from, from it. all of these times. So I have three, four journals full. Um, that I would just go to, man. And my journals became my my letters with God. And I would just kind of dialogue with God through my journals because it gave me an ability to process the things of the day, yeah. to a place to like put the questions down. And, and if you guys didn't know, thinking is just asking questions. Like the act of you thinking is just the act of asking questions. So if you want to think better, you just need to get better at asking questions or asking better questions. Um, and that's what journaling helped me do. It helped me like open up this dialogue with God where like, I'm actually giving myself space to ask better questions because better questions provides better answers. Right. Um, And then, you know, lastly, I would say community, 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 community. Hmm. I think men can, you know, we do this thing where we kind of just like recluse and, you know, we get very passive about connecting with other men. But man, if I can tell you, if I can give a guy a piece of advice right now, it would be like, dude, find a group of guys that you can just go out with this weekend and go climb a mountain because there's never been a time where a man got to the top of a mountain with a bunch of dudes and wanted to masturbate. Like that just doesn't happen, (laughs) right? Like it's just like, there's something about getting out into nature and exploring or just being with a bunch of guys, healthy men, right. Who are, who have the similar goals um, to what you have. That just yeah. brings you alive, man. It encourages you, motivates you, and moves you forward.
0: That's so good, man. So good. Yes. Nobody made it to the top of the mountain and wanted to masturbate. Somebody should tweet that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, okay. So, what I know one of your, like one of the areas you focus on in your coaching and that kind of thing is around the whole subject of discipline, self discipline. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes even I'll dump on, on the language, not really the language, but it's more the concepts because I think. People who are trying to get free of porn or trying to make a change in their life, they just try to kind of white knuckle it and muster up all this willpower. And I know that's not what your message is. And I know that. So I'm wondering if you can tell us what you mean when you say self-discipline. What does that look like in a healthy way? Because I I think some people, it it can just go to one extreme or the other. It's like people are super apathetic. What's the point? I'm never going to figure this out. I'm never going to be in shape. I'm never going to get free of porn. God can never really love me, whatever. And the, end, the other side of it is like, people are working out seven days a week. Um, you know, All they think about is the pink elephant. I hope I don't watch porn, whatever it is, yeah. in the name of self-discipline. And that's not really what it's about. It, it, how do you strike that balance of like, I'm disciplined, I'm regimented, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do, but I'm not going to be hard on myself and I'm not going to hate my life trying to live it out?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, let me go the long way around on this one. <laughs> Please, do it. So I have a, I have three kids. Uh, my oldest is seven. When he turns 15, 16 years old and he goes out to drive, he's going to, I'm going to make sure that he knows how to change a tire. However, I know that the first time he's on the side of the road and has to change a tire, he's probably going to give me a call. And I'm okay with that. He's going to be going call dad. Um, I got a flat tire. What do I do? Hey son, remember I told you this. You just got to go into the back, grab what you need. You got the tools. I've empowered you with, with identity. Like you can do this. I've empowered you with information. You can do this get to it. He does it right. Let's say, you know, a couple months go by, same thing happens. He gives me a call, dad, I'm, you know, Hey, what did you say about the lug nut again? And I'm like, remember it's the star pattern. Okay. Click notice that conversation was not like the first, right? So there's a progression. I might even take the third call. Here's what I, here's what I would not accept as a father. Call me callous. If you want as a father, if my kid gets 10 flat tires, he better not call me 10 times right? Because right. if he's calling me 10 times, what's going on is that he's not actually internalizing what I'm trying to give him. Because you guys got to understand, like as a father, I know I'm not going to exist forever. And if all I do is create a son who just reaches back whenever he needs help and does not know how to march forward, I'm not creating a man who can carry a legacy onto the next terrain that we have to take on. Yeah, It, it, it sounds tough, I get it guys, but maybe it's because you have not, you know, some of us just haven't woke, woke up to that reality. Um, and that, that's that's really the case, right? Now, I think our relationship with God is very similar. God is gracious and good. When you mess up that first, he's there, right? Like the second time there, the third, fourth, like he's there. Don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not trying to put attributes to God that like don't belong to him. But what I am saying is that it, it makes the father proud. When he sees you changing that tire and you didn't have to call for help. Why? Because he equipped you with the identity and the information to do it yourself. Hmm. And it's not any less godly to be able to handle a situation at the, at, at the, at the front line level, right? Yeah. If I called my company commander or my squadron commander, every single time we were taking sporadic fire from the enemy. <laughs> he'd be like, bro, like, why do I have you up there? I'm about to pull you from the front line. I need somebody that can actually charge that hill and get us to the next objective. Yeah. Right. Again, guys, I don't want to, th- you can, and this is why I have to be so careful with this because guys can take this and flip what I'm saying and make it something that it's not. And I hope sure, that, sure. you know, th- th- there is that understanding in what I'm trying to land here. Yeah. We do have to strike the balance between like, Falling into this place of desperation and doing nothing, and like actually being self-disciplined and being resourceful. Hmm. Now, when I say resourceful, I don't mean like you're completely detached. When I go, uh, when I go ten clicks away from my chain of command, from my co- my my uh, combat operation center, and I'm executing whatever mission I've been given, that doesn't mean I'm disconnected from supply. That doesn't mean I'm disconnected from artillery or, or, you know, uh, a- aviation, right. From fires from above. Like that does not mean that I'm completely separated from all of those assets that can help me in a time of need. Mm. But as I go exploring, I'm bringing the presence of who I'm representing with me. Yeah. Right. And as a Christian, like we are bringing the presence that we're bringing heaven, wherever else wherever it is that we go. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, to get, and again, I told you the long way around, man, because I feel like that needs to be prefaced with that. But when it comes to a man becoming self disciplined, I think of Aristotle. And Aristotle explained uh, the vices, right? And I'll shorten it up and I'll say this.
0: Sure.
1: When you want to develop courage, the only way to do it is by doing courageous things. And so you have to, you have these opportunities to act courageously. And by either doing or not doing, you get to attribute courage onto you, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you want to develop self-discipline, you are given 105 different scenarios each and every day to practice self-discipline. How you choose to engage with every single one of those scenarios defines how self-disciplined you are. If you tell yourself that you're going to wake up at 6.05 in the morning and you set an alarm and you snooze, and that is your pattern that you repeat over and over and over again, day after day after day, you are subconsciously telling yourself via a not a subconscious contract that you are making with yourself that you will not listen to yourself. Hmm. What you're saying is anytime the night prior you set an alarm and you say that you're going to be up at this time, what that really means is that you can gaff it off and you can just click snooze for as long as you want because what you say doesn't actually matter. Because wow. subconsciously, I know that you actually don't have power over me self, right? Like very weird, right? Like internal dialogue, but that's really what happens, right? Or maybe yeah. it's just that, like you said that you wanted to read a book, right? And, uh, you know, we just were 150 days removed from the beginning of the year where a lot of guys had a purpose. They had some goals, some new year's resolutions, and they said that they wanted to accomplish them. The fact Wherever you are in that resolution says a lot about where you are in self-discipline. I'm not trying to tell you that you, like, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad here, but it is what it is. And you need to know where you are to enable able to get better. Yes. Um, you have to understand, like, the book that you said that you were going to read is not going to get read collecting dust on the counter. But every single time that you choose to engage with it, even if it's just one page at a time, you're teaching yourself something. You're developing something in yourself, right? Uh, and that, man, I'll, I'll, to cap this one off, I'll, I'll give it to you guys this way. I just did a course um, with a bunch of men and I, I took a poll on this one. I said, hey guys, uh, I'm either going to give you $5 million. No, I'm sorry. I said, uh, I'm either going to give you $1 million right now, no questions asked, or I'm going to give you one penny right now, no questions asked. But wait, If you take that penny right now, it's going to double in amount every single day for the next 30 days. So the first day you got one penny, the next day you get two pennies, the third day you get four pennies, the fourth, you get eight pennies. Every single guy's like, I'm taking the million dollars. And I'm like, good. Sounds good. You boom, 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 across the board, million dollars. But little did you know that that one penny compounded with interest over time is actually $5.2 million after 30 days. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Jeez,
1: <laughs> and so man, like the thing that that shows is like these little effect these little things, minute things that you think are nothing, have yeah. that same compounding interest in your life. right you not waking up to your alarm whenever you said it, you not reading that book that you told yourself that you would do, you not making that meeting in time like you said you would be, you uh you know clicking on that website that you told yourself you wouldn't click on every single one of those actions feeds something and what is it that you're feeding
0: that's so good yeah i think one of the biggest lies we believe is it doesn't matter right that the little things don't mm. matter when in fact you're right. what you're saying is it's everything um and that was rich really cool okay so i wanted to bring this back full circle because yeah. you started by sharing about uh your wife leaving you 120 days into marriage yeah you meet andy and andy starts to change your life uh, finish out that story for us, man. We got to close that loop off before we wrap up the interview. What, what's the <laughs> story? How did that all land?
1: I appreciate you coming back. So, uh, Andy is like, Hey, I know the best thing I can do for you. Right. Cause this is all virtual. All right. So I called this guy on the phone and then we started a virtual relationship. I actually didn't meet him in person for like a year and a half into our relationship of meeting oh, wow. weekly. Um, yeah. Then I, I like drove up to Northern California and I actually met him. Um, so he, he said, hey, I can't, since you, know, you don't have any relationships around you, any community around you, I need you to go meet with this guy. So he connects me with somebody that he knows who's in Southern California. I meet this guy in, um, we were in IHOP, and I tell him my story. And in the middle of IHOP, man, he puts down his coffee, and he starts clapping as I'm telling him my story. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? He's <laughs> like, dude, sometimes... <laughs> we just need a standing ovation, right? Like here's this huh. guy like giving me a standing ovation in the middle of IHOP because dude, what he's doing is encouraging me, right? Yeah. He's like building me up. He's, this is the type of community that we need to get around. Right. Hmm. So, uh, I got that was one, right? So I added him to my, to my uh, community of men around me. Uh, cool. I would be like, Hey man, I'm dealing with this. What's this, what's going on? And he'd be like, Oh man, easy day. You just need to do this, right? Like I've been through that as well. So just having somebody that can that you can do that with. Then I started to reach to reach out to other guys um, in my church, and I got started to get them in my team. And then I started to I reached out to my chaplain on base, right? Like the our um, our units chaplain and started to develop a relationship with him, developed a relationship, a deeper relationship with my own pastor at my church. Before you knew it, what I started to replicate was like a UFC fighting team <laughs> where like <laughs> the one guy who's going to show up and fight, you know, he was like the star of the, of, of the night, but like really the star of the, the stars of the night or the people behind him, the guys yeah. who were coaching him along the way. Right. So I developed that dream team. Um, and my wife started to see the difference. And she immediately, like, she felt like, Hey, okay, I can start trusting you again. I'm now starting to understand what's going on. Cause mind you, like meeting with these guys and talking about my challenges and the things that I was going through, it helped me bring language to these struggles that I actually didn't know what was going on. Right. So that was powerful in and of itself, being able to then to turn around and communicate this to this young woman who decided to marry me and, and, and is, feels totally betrayed, um, She feels empowered to make this decision of like, okay, now I'm ready to come back. She comes back and, um, man, we we're obviously married now. It's going on. We're going on nine years of being married and we have three children. Uh, we look at each other and we feel like, man, can it get any better? Like, can this actually get better? We like legit, like, like you can love somebody and feel like you don't actually want to be around them right that is the state of a lot of marriages unfortunately we actually love each other and like each other (laughs) like i actually (laughs) call my wife my best friend i I enjoy this woman um and then man now what i do is i want to be an andy for men all over the world Uh, for men who just want to take that chance and plunge into a different lifestyle to say no to, to uh, passivity and apathy and say yes to like marching forward in a new direction. Um, and that's what, man, that's where I like thrive and have just have deep passion.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. And your coaching is absolutely fantastic. I'm sure the listeners can tell, um, it's, it's like oozing in your veins through and through, um, cause you were, you <laughs> were coached right. so well, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and that's and right. then the military background as well, you know, I think all of that, um, man, you really have the makings for it. So for guys who maybe are hearing you and saying, okay, Ray, I need, I need what you got. Right, I want to learn more. Uh, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and learn a little bit?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, thanks for that, man. and Thanks for the opportunity, uh, for your listeners, man. Um, this is just cause you guys are awesome. I love what you're doing here. I want to be able to give these guys a free coaching call. Um, right. So we'll oh, get wow. on, we'll do an introductory, like kind of like, Hey, how can I help you? Like, like, how is it that I can come and tag along with you? And then like, I'm going to give you a, a completely full free coaching session, totally on me. Um, and that's, again, that's just for your guys here. If you head over to thebecomingmen.com post slash coaching. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com post slash coaching. Um, and then if you're, if you're on Twitter or, or on Instagram, I actually not that active on Twitter, but if you're on Twitter, or Instagram, you can find me at Ray de la nuez d-e-l-a-n-u-e-z
0: okay perfect man perfect thank you for that that's very generous and uh you actually i don't think you mentioned it outrightly but you're you're born in the dominican right i know people are going to be wondering yeah yeah okay i thought my memory was serving me there um ray thanks thanks for having you man really appreciate it um man just so so much wisdom and so much richness here appreciate you brother yeah thank you bro well there you have it. I hope you enjoy that as much as I did. Ray Ray is amazing. Just high energy, lots of wisdom. You can tell he's really passionate about the subjects that we were discussing. And um, you know, I want to encourage you to go check his stuff out. There's a really generous offer he gave of a free coaching call. Not everybody does that in fact. A lot of the people we bring onto our podcast, guys. Um, I mean, we're talking hundreds of dollars just for forty-five minutes of their time. It's absolutely crazy, um, you know. And and I, that's not crazy. I mean, you know, people can charge whatever they want. What I mean is, it's absolutely crazy that Ray would be willing to come on and offer an hour of his time. I believe it's an hour, totally free. So I highly encourage you go take advantage of that. Especially, okay, if you're like Sophia, I don't have any mentors in my life. I don't have anybody who's going to speak into my my life and encourage me. I don't have anyone who can help me with finances. I don't have anyone who can help me with my relationships or my business or my spiritual life. I don't have mentors. Um, Look, you have a free call. You have a free chance to at least get a taste of it. He's not asking you to sign up for anything. You have literally nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain. So the links are in the show notes. I believe it's just raydelanuez.com. Uh, or sorry, it's, it's becomingmen.com. Uh, I believe that's the website. Um, so I encourage you, go check it out. And uh, I know that you will be glad you did. And if you're looking for a little bit more help to get free pornography, I do want to remind you, um, I have a best-selling book called The Last Relapse that I'm giving away for free. This is my blueprint for recovery. This is how I got free. This is how I've helped hundreds of other guys get free. And so if you're ready to kick porn addiction for good, you're sick and tired of the internet filters and the accountability partners and the spiritual disciplines and people telling you to pray more and you want real solutions that actually get to the heart of the matter, thelastrelapsebook.com is where you can get a copy of it. I know you won't regret it. And maybe you already have have a copy of the book, or um, you know, maybe um, maybe you've already downloaded it. Let me just ask you for a minute: Do you have anybody else in your life that you know is struggling? Um, anybody that you know, you could probably send them a copy, and they would receive it well. Just be mindful of that. I don't, I don't mind you um, sharing it. My preference would be that you would send them the link and that they would go to it themselves. But I'll let you handle that however you please. Um, we're trying to help as many people as possible, so I just want this to get distributed, and I want guys to get free of porn so that they can move on. You know, they can move on in their calling and in their relationships. Look, after you download your copy of thelastrelapsebook.com, you automatically get forwarded to a page where you have a chance to book a call in my calendar, so we can talk about what it might look like for you to join one of our programs. This is for people who are really serious. So you know, if you're not looking for that, you just want your download. Hey, that's no problem. Like, there's no strings attached here. You literally can just close the browser tab, and you know, nobody will be none the wiser. But um, if you are looking for some more help, and you're like, Cynthia, I, I the book is great, but I need a system, I need a program, I need some coaching, some guidance along the way. Then I want to encourage you, uh, just go to that next page once you download it, book a time in my calendar, and I'd love to speak with you and see what that next step could look like. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I wish you an incredible day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery.